Hello, and welcome to another week of Makeup Masking Murder. I've got my good friend, mentor, just the best human alive, Cami Talbot Bessie here. Hello, Abby. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy to have you. No, thank you for asking me. This is so much fun. I'm so excited. So me and Cami met um, through our industry. She's a makeup artist, and she actually trained me. I did an apprenticeship with her. We met on set, which we will get into today because... That was a wild story, but um, but yeah, we've been fortunate to work together for the last few years. I've gotten to assist her on a lot of stuff. We've gotten to work alongside, and we've just built this really great friendship as well. So, of yeah. course, naturally, you were one of the first ones I wanted to have on the show. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And little Ruby licking my leg right now. Yes, we have a, a miniature red poodle with us. Who's an angel. She's got a blog. Yes, if you want to follow a uh, Who Wore It Better puppy go to um at a date with ruby um and you can follow all of ruby's adventures she you know really lives large yeah she does <laughs> she's the most fashionable dog i've ever seen yes she's iconic honestly so so let's get into it with our weekly product spotlight um i'll go first because yes. i've done this before so this week i have a product that i actually haven't been using that long just a little over a month which for skincare isn't very long um but it is Sunday Riley's CEO Glow. It's a vitamin C and turmeric face oil. Um, I can't say enough good things about this product. The benefits of vitamin C, if you don't know, um, it supports collagen. It has sun protective qualities. It softens the look of dark spots, which is something I really struggle with. Um, as I do still, even as a 24-year-old, acne. Um even though I don't get a lot of it, when I get something, I swear I have that discoloration for weeks. And this makes a huge difference, like lightening it up and evening out my skin tone. Um, and then it also brightens and plumps. And then for the turmeric, that is an anti-inflammatory. So for months, I was using Drunk Elephant Sea Firma, which is a cult favorite, loved by so many. And I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I really did. But I got a sample from this at a class, and honestly, after a week and a half of using it, I was converted. I really like the texture of this better. It goes on a lot smoother, and I feel like it makes my skin softer, whereas um, C. Firma's texture is really sticky, which when you refrigerate, it does help with that. But I just, I like this a lot better, and I really do like the turmeric aspect to it. Um, on a lot of reviews on Sephora that I read, some people complained about the scent, but I honestly think it was just orangey. I don't think it's a bad scent at all, so don't let those deter you. It is a higher price point, but I think it's 100% worth it. So if you're going to invest in something, invest in your skincare and buy cheaper makeup. You know, if you have Absolutely. to do a trade-off, that's Absolutely. what I would say. So, One, would you say that you like this product because probably with breakouts and this is going to help the healing process of yeah, the breakouts. Yeah, exactly. Because seriously, like, I mean, A, what's going to help with healing is sunscreen. You have to protect your skin because if you have that skin exposure or that sun exposure, then it's just going to keep like saying, but yeah, I feel like this really like has cleared things up a lot faster and even out my skin tone and just kept it brighter. And so I always use my vitamin C oil in the morning. It sits really well under makeup and it keeps you for a bright, fresh complexion all day. So there's my, there's my little feel. Yeah. What did you bring for us today? Um, so kind of on a similar, similar-ish topic. Um, so I brought, um, my favorite duo products. So it's two products. Um, 
I started with, I've been using it for probably a year now. It's um, from The Ordinary, and it's oh. a mandelic acid that's a 10%. Okay. Um, how I found this product was about, when I was in my early 20s, I was dealing with adult acne, and it wasn't just like a few pimples. It was like cystic acne, mm-hmm. painful. Mm-hmm. Um, as a makeup artist, I was lucky that I could cover it, but it was... I took makeup off and didn't even feel like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found mandelic acid because it is a lot more gentle than a salicylic acid or a benzoyl peroxide, okay. um, but it acts as like an antibacterial agent. So it's oh. just kind of, um, instead of going in and like, I think of like having a battle with the acne, it's just like, hey, let's kind of keep Can't this bacteria it. Oh. Uh, at like bay. Okay. Well, and I honestly, so I have a problem with salicylic acid. Like if it's more than, mm. I think it, I want to say like 4%. If it has more than that, then I'm like, my skin's a disaster. So yeah. this you, probably would be would a good option this. for people with really sensitive mm-hmm. skin. That's awesome. Because I, um, after doing so many different, I mean, I feel like I've gone to so many different treatments and um, being an esthetician myself, really mm-hmm. trying to figure out my skin. Yeah. And looking back, I think it was dry acne prone, which is a hard combo because... But I feel like a sister. People, yeah. <laughs> and especially being, we live in a desert. Yeah. I think people try to give us, you know, a really lightweight moisturizer, but that... It's not enough. That's not enough. It's mm-hmm. not enough. Um, so I found this product first, and then within the last, like, six months, I realized that my skin... And I'm almost 30 and I felt like my skin was changing where it was craving more moisture. Mm-hmm. And anytime I, it was like I was using twice the amount of moisturizer I was already using. And anytime I was using a like night cream or an eye cream, my skin just like craved it. Mm-hmm. Just um, drank it right up. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to stop you question with the first serum. Yes. And I'm sorry to go back, but no. do you use that morning or night or oh, both? Oh, yes. So I use it at night. Okay. Um, the one thing you want to be, I think, with any any sort of specialty product, um, whether that's like a salicylic acid, yeah. a any sort of acid, I think sunscreen mm-hmm. is so important because it is going to make your skin a little bit more sensitive to the sun. Yeah. Um, because I think different products speed up the cell turnover rate, and yeah. so you have that really fresh skin all of the time, mm-hmm. which means it can get damaged easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do it at night, so that way, and then I put on, you know, a ton of sunscreen in the morning. Cool. Um, and then my next product is also at night. So both of these are just at night for me. Okay. Um, but this is a, a moisturizer from SkinCeuticals that's called Triple Lipid Restore 242. Um, this is like, I mean, how I found this product is I went into... Um, the skincare shop I always go to and the girls know me pretty well and I said they kept kind of showing me like moisturizer after moisturizer that I felt like this isn't going to be enough and finally yeah. I said I don't want my skin to drink water I want it to drink milk oh. that's how I want it to feel I love that like that's how I described yeah. it and then it was like the her, light her, yeah you just saw your eyes yeah it was like all the you know the sweet girl Marcy that I was working with all of a sudden her eyes lit up and she said oh this is what you need. And she showed it to me and it is definitely a high price point. Yeah. I won't 
I won't well, how much deny you there. It's $128. Okay. But it's a pretty, what's the size? Um, it's a decently sized. So it's 1.6 flow ounces. Okay. Um, and I use about a dime size mm-hmm. a night, and it's only at night. Okay, and does it spread pretty mm-hmm. well? Like a little goes a long it way It spreads it. well, and um, especially because I'm putting the mandelic acid oil on first. Mm-hmm. So I cleanse my face, then I'll do the mandelic acid, and then this moisturizer. Mm-hmm. I feel like... It already has kind of a base to smooth yeah. on it top of. Easier. Um, but I was just shocked because I think when I bought it, part of me thought, well, I've been acne free for like three years. Is this going to be the point where then I went too far mm-hmm. and now I'm going to break out again? And I have, if anything, my skin feels, it honestly feels younger now than I think it did probably five years ago. Because I think I'm finally giving it the moisture it always wanted. Yeah. And I'm just letting it like, oh, okay, you want to have a triple lipid restore? Like, That's I think it says on it, 2% ceramides, 4% cholesterol, 2% fatty acids. I mean, if that doesn't sound like I'm putting yeah. straight oil and fat on my face, <laughs> which I don't know what does, yeah. but my skin loves it. And I, I think, I think for dry acne prone and just acne prone in general, I think we need to s- stop being afraid of moisture. Yeah. I think moisture, well, acne often comes, like, with the lack of moisture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I do want to point out, I don't own this product from The Ordinary, but I own others, so I'm curious, is it a similar price point? Like, my hyaluronic acid, I bought for $5.90, like $5.90. So, that combo together kind of balances each other out, and that's what I think is important in finding your skincare routine. Like, not everything has to be expensive, but you want to be able to splurge mm-hmm. when you can because it's your face. <laughs> I think you know it goes hand in hand with both skincare and makeup is there's I love a drugstore mascara. Yeah. No oh. matter how much I try to find other ones, mm-hmm. I you know, I want to be bougie. Yeah. But, but it's I like, like the drugstore one better. So I think the, the ordinary mandelic acid was I want to say it's around eleven dollars. I got it on Amazon. Yeah, that's amazing. Um and sorry, what was the boutique that you bought? That moisturizer from. Let's give them a drop. They're here local and Um So it's called Apotheca. Okay. It's in uh, the Gateway Mall, just right below the uh, Gateway Laser Center. Cool. So. so go check that out, guys. That's awesome. Yes. Well, thanks for giving us a little rundown on that. I'm like, when I run out of my moisturizer, maybe I'll go pick one of those bad yeah. boys up. And if um, my husband actually has been using the mandelic acid. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if any of you men out there get kind of like ingrown hairs from shaving or just, I think men, I feel like have more blackheads sometimes Mm -hmm. with larger pores. Yeah. Um, this has helped him so much. So that's really good to know. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, great. Thanks for sharing that. No, absolutely. Should we dive into the spooky part of the segment? Let's get spooky. (laughs) Okay. Where's the candles? I know. My my last guest broke. She brought candles. She was like, I really no. want to set the mood. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my gosh, I love, I love it so much. Um, I mean, I am dressed in a black cloak right now, just so you viewers know. <laughs> just this very visual image. We have witches' hats on. We have cloaks. Mm-hmm. We have painted our face full. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was so funny. Go back to 2000. 14? I think it's 2014. Little Abby is 20 years old, still in hair school. Um, and 
you know, film is my dream. I've been obsessed with movies, ever like TV shows, Hollywood since I could walk. So my dad has a friend who's a producer and he's like, hey, could my daughter ever come, you know, work on one of your shows? So, so we were both working on this film. I came in as a hairstylist and Cammy was the makeup artist. Um, it was just a short indie film that actually had to do with the terrestrial, extraterrestrial. So very on theme for yes. this brand. What a way to meet each other. <laughs> I know. And so we were working night shoots. So what, say we'd start at like 7 and go until like 4 a.m.? Yeah. 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 So it was at the Fear Factory downtown, which locals will know has been turned into a haunted house that you can go through around Halloween, or I think they do stuff on like Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that factory has been a lot around for a long time, though. It's They didn't just build it to be this Spooky. attraction. Yeah. yeah no. it's It was there already. So I'm going to give you a little backstory of it. Um, the Fear Factory, which, what, bleh. The Fear Factory, named now because, oh my gosh, sorry, I can't type. One more time. The Fear Factory was opened in the late 1800s. It was under the name of the Portland Cement Works. Um, I don't know this story yet, so this <laughs> yeah. is just going to get more and more creepy as it we was, sit here. So, and I found this on Fear Factory's website, by the way, so thank you for this little brief. Um, and then I just found a few other snippets online, so I'll kind of mix that all together. But credit goes where credit's due. So, in late 1800s, in the heart of industrial Salt Lake City, a cement factory known as the po- Portland Cement Works began its operation. In those days, manufacturing was a dangerous activity, which it honestly still is now, I mm-hmm. believe. But it required the use of boiling liquid and heavy machinery, um, powered by the grinding of giant gears, which that just sounds like an accident waiting to happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. In the environment of early industrialism, the margin for error was very small. Like, they did not have the codes, the... um, Sorry. They did not have the <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> they did not have the codes they have now or all the rules or you know like they, things well, were just a lot looser back then. And I think back then I always think we're so lucky now to live when we do because we're pretty safe at anything that oh my gosh, did you was that a ghost? <laughs> um, oh wait, the famous Ruby. Oh wait, Ruby. Um but I think that we are I think that we're really lucky living when we do because we're pretty safe no matter what job we do for the most part. But yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't codes with like railing and I mean, and people kind of make fun of how careful we are now, but there's a lot less accidents like this. You know what I mean? So throughout the history of the factory, numerous workers learned the reality of the danger of their jobs too late. So one story, for example, was George Howe. He was in charge of maintenance of the coal crusher, which sounds... The coal crusher? The coal crusher, yeah. So one evening, George was alone in the factory oiling the crusher before shutting it down for the night. It sounds like this was a very routine thing that he had to do. Um, And as he reached across to apply oil deep within the crusher, the machine grabbed his sleeve and began slowly pulling him into the gears. Oh, goodness. 
George's arm was first removed from the socket, then snapped and oh ripped. He wasn't able to free himself and slowly was sucked in. Like, this had to be the most terrifying, helpless. I mean, it makes me wonder. I'm like, do you even, are you, if that was to happen to you, are you aware of that moment? Or are you, well, like, no. in shock? So this is what it out? said. Like, he was consciously pulled into the crusher. Oh, my gosh. Which is just the worst name, like, the crusher. But... The roaring machinery and the solid factory walls silenced his cries, is what this site is saying, which is so morbid, but yeah, so, and it goes on a whole thing, but... Wow. Yeah, so his whole body was pulled through the crusher. That is just... And, like, spat out, which is so sad and so savage and so, like, uh, so... For the factory and its managers, the first accident was unexpected and unfortunate, um, but the frequency of accidents started increasing. So yeah, constantly people were being mauled, dismembered, burned, electrocuted. It was just awful. It was it horrible. Sounds, I mean, it was just bad. It was just a high risk working well, what condition. What a hard time where I think you take. I mean, even nowadays to a degree, you take the jobs you can get. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you have a family to take care of. Yeah. So there was another account, Charles Whitner. He had only been working in the factory for two weeks when he met his untimely demise. Um, when he was trying to move his way across the upper floors, the factory, which we'll post a picture. <laughs> we'll post a picture of the factory, but Ruby, isn't this so sad? I know. She just has a tender heart. Um... But basically, it's like all these rafters, these metal rafters. Have you gone inside the factory? I mean, just when we... Like, did you go explore, though? Because I didn't even that night. No. So uh-huh. I've gone to it as a haunted house, and it's like oh. these metal stairs going up, um, and like these thin walkways that are metal. But it's like secure, but it's kind of scary. But it's... Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but as he was making his way across the top, he could feel the heat of the boiling potash... Is that one word? Yeah. The heat of the boiling potash, water, and chemicals below. Um, More experienced workers had grown accustomed to the dizzying effects and rising steam. Um, But for him, it was just too much. And he had a little moisture under his boots. And also, another account I read was he struggled with vertigo. So just Um, this bad combination. Not the place this guy should be. But he slipped. And he slowly slid towards the the um, vat of liquid, and he clotted it. But it was he fell, and he fell into the boiling liquid. Oh and my goodness! Yeah. So does it say how many? Like, a, is there a certain number of deaths that happen in an amount of time or anything um, like that? You know, let me look that up. But I think they said it was like pretty, common? pretty common. But it also wasn't like hundreds or thousands you know what I mean like it was probably like every month or every other month there was some sort of occurrence which is so sad so here's the backstory but I didn't know any of this before going to film like I don't I think that was the first year that it opened as a haunted house like I hadn't even been inside yet and I'm a huge like October September rolls around every weekend I'm in the haunted house well and see that's so that way our listeners understand our dynamic we me and Abby see eye to eye on almost everything but this but spooky things I am like anti scary 
And so I, I've yeah. definitely never been there as a haunted house yeah. where... We should go this year, though. It's fun. It's not too bad. Oh, well. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I think I'm a I'm a Lagoon Frightmares one day a year. Yeah. I love it. Do four haunted houses and I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Although those can get kind of spooky. They do. Yeah. Well, and I think it doesn't help that um, my husband gets scared, too. So really, I end up being the You're the, the front of the battlefield. Yeah. And it's, it's you it's, know... Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. I don't know. I've been weird and loved this stuff since, like, I was born. <laughs> I was that weird child who... Well, did you see that um, BuzzFeed article about the girl who dressed up as the nun for her Halloween party? The scary movie, The no. Nun? Oh! If you go check out my Instagram, um, I posted it. It will be a while back from this, but go check out the BuzzFeed article. A three-year-old girl wanted her birthday party to be the nun movie from the Conjuring series and they painted her face the black eyes and the white face and she had the full outfit this is when if I you know with my luck I'll probably have a child who is just like Abby and wants to be like something spooky and Abby's here and And I'll help out (laughs) and that's what I'm gonna say call call Aunt Abby I can't help you it's only rainbows and smiles over here I love that So we don't know any of this when we're shooting this film. Like, I'm just given an address, which so weird and so savage that they did this. But they changed the address, and the address is now... Hold on. Isn't it 666? So all I'm given is this address, and I I don't even remember this ringing a bell. Like, I didn't think twice, but the address they have now changed, and it wasn't this back when it was Portland Cement Works, but it's... 666 West 800 South. Like, they really they just really took it and ran with it. So, I mean, how, I mean, I feel like with that amount of history, know, though, though, how can you not? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also going back, if you want to like see more about this paranormal and stuff, Ghost Adventures did an awesome episode on this that I probably didn't sleep that night at all, but it was really good. Um, and they talk a little more about the history, but so I show up bright eyed. 19, I was 19 actually, 19-year-old, so excited to work on my first film set, we go up, we, how many, we were just doing, like, we honestly were getting little kids ready. Yeah, I, I think, if I remember right, I think it was a pretty easy, easy job on the makeup parent. There was no special effects, just, like, it was very simple. Yeah, and with, I mean, so that way people who don't know the, the film industry, it's like, when we get there, we never know what we're what we're doing we never know what they're filming we never you know very rarely are we going to have a backstory so I think you just I always look at it as I just go in ready do my job and then half the time I don't even know what it was for and I just yeah half the time we don't even see it like I actually never saw this film I saw a trailer but same yeah so so we go up things are good it's a night shoot um I think this happened on night two though so Cammie is downstairs doing, like, last looks with everyone, you know, powdering, all of that. And I'm upstairs kind of reorganizing things. Because another thing to know about the film industry is people come in, and it's like a bomb went off. Like, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to get these 15 people ready in the next two hours, and then we're going to send them on their way. And it's just, it's the hurry up and wait game. So I'm kind of upstairs collecting my thoughts, cleaning up a little, organizing brushes, cleaning yeah. combs, all of that. And so... Where we were, there was a stair, there were stair, there was a door and stairs that went down to where they're filming outside. And then there's a door that goes into the factory. And I hadn't even seen that open, like, the whole time. Like, I just assumed it was locked. Same. 
So I'm there, I'm facing the other way, I'm cleaning brushes, I'm doing all of this, and I hear that door open and footsteps. Like clear as day. Like I was like, oh, someone must have just come up through there. And I don't know, it was such a big crew and it was my first time working with a crew that I feel like I was kind of just like, I'll do what people tell me, like when I'm spoke, I'll speak yeah, when not, spoken you know, to. Not, like, turn, not turn around. Not. Yeah, yeah. So I was just kind of like, whatever. But then I'm like, I hear them filming, so I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's Cammy if she finished up and came up. So I turn around, and I hear the bathroom door close, and I think I actually saw it swing a little, because it was, it was weird. It was like a swinging door, and then there was a closed door. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just sat there for a few. No one ever came out. Oh. And see, I can't, when you told me this story, I was like, oh, my goodness, because yeah. I was downstairs. Yeah. I had no clue that all this was going on. Yeah, upstairs, and you're up there by yourself. Well, and I just didn't even think like, anything of it, which uh, if I would have read this backstory before, oh, my skin would have been crawling. Like, I would have been, like, every creek, I would have been like, there's a ghost, you know what I yeah. mean? Oh, but yeah. I had no idea. So I think it is those moments when you're caught off guard that you're just like... <laughs> For sure. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that, that you don't weird. Know, and that makes it even weirder. So, I mean, nothing ever came out. Nothing else happened. It was just... And that was our last night filming there. So it's not a huge, scary story, but it's pretty haunting. And then with all the accounts, I mean, there have been accounts of, like, you've heard screams in the haunted house or there have been... There's one spirit I know that goes around a lot and they claim that it's probably this George guy who's this main story. Um, but, yeah, that it was just it was, those little things just yeah. make the world a bit The places that a film industry will take you. I know. It was so wild. So, yeah, there's my story for today. Oh, so creepy. I don't it think I've even told me... you for a few months either. No. that was the first time we met. I'm not going to, like, hey, here's I this ghost think, story. I mean, think I might have told me probably halfway like, through our class or maybe after we did the it honestly might have been private makeup later. class. Yeah. yeah, I think... I mean, one thing I love about our relationship is it's been so organic where mm -hmm. we just like have slowly over time yeah. really gotten to know each other. Yeah. And so I don't know when you told me. Yeah. It, yeah. It could have been a year or two later, honestly. So Ooh, there's my story so for creepy. today. Okay. I'm excited to hear yours. This is a fun one. Yes. This is one I will Do you want me to forget. pull this closer? So my spooky story is also on a film set, and it is going to take place in the McEwen Mansion. Ooh. Um, it's a uh, mansion that's kind of in the avenues slash Capitol Hill area of Salt Lake, and I'll give you guys a little backstory. Okay. Um, so the McEwen Mansion was built over the course of three years in 1901 by successful railroad builder and businessman Alfred McEwen okay. at the cost of over a million dollars. Which back then, oh my gosh. I mean, that's, crazy. That's huge. Um, they spared no expense and even sent their architect on a two-year tour of Europe so they could obtain design ideas. Casual. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let's just, like, bring this marble over on a ship. Yeah. But, like, let me just pay for you to go stay in the nicest place, go tour this all yeah. so you can, like, really have that. But how cool to be that architect. Like, yeah. That would be the sickest job ever. Um... So, side note, as far as architects go and um, two-year tours, I actually uh, found out that every time a Disneyland ride is mm -hmm. built, yeah. the architect, there's like one main guy for all the Disney, Disneyland, Disney Worlds, all over the world, and he travels to places and lives there for like six months, 
with like a chef and a everything and just comes up with these ideas of how he's going to create these rides. But I'm like, that's probably the number one best job. Yeah. Can, in I, the world. can I get a career so, change? Yeah, over we're here? we're in the wrong industry here. But. Um. Well, and like even I remember we were in Disneyland with some of our friends after they opened that new Cars ride, mm-hmm. and I remember my friend Sadie literally just being like, I can't believe like this looks like Moab and yeah. you know the Red Rock we're all used to, and it's crazy. It's like made out of plastic or whatever yeah. they make it out of, but that's insane. But that like goes to show, like I'm. I'm sure of it because it's so accurate and same with like Thunder Mountain and the Matterhorn like yeah I didn't know being an architect could be so cool yeah um okay back to McEwen Mansion see I like rainbows and smiles I'm thinking of Disneyland but I gotta think it back to spooky (laughs) so um let's see it's made of Utah's red sandstone and it's filled with artifacts from all over the world it's a stunning mansion that sits high on a hill um above all of its surrounding properties the family lived in the home until about 1920, and then they moved away to Los Angeles and donated the house to the LDS church, where it went on to be a music school. Um, and then it turned into a BYU Salt Lake City Center, and then sold to turn into a modern dance school. It is now open for private tours, business events, and weddings. So the mansion is said to be haunted by two spirits, a man wearing a long black coat and a little girl who is often seen during weddings dancing and giggling. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think the little girl sounds a little creepier. Well, but she sounds creepy. like happy, but yeah. Was there ever like any tragedy or anything that happened there? Or so that's what's accident? so interesting is from the research I did, I don't feel like there was any. There were, you know, not like the fear factory where there's yeah, it's like there case were. after case. Um, which for me personally, I think I find kind of creepier in a certain way because then my mind goes a little wild into what happened and was never documented. Yeah. Or Um, even, I wonder what the land was before. Oh, that's, I've never thought about that. But it kind of does seem like these ghosts, it sounds like it fits the period. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like with the long black coat. I don't know. I don't know. Totally. Interesting. Um, so there's been reports of phantom footsteps Objects, including full-on furniture, being rearranged, lights turning on and off, um, doors that unlock themselves, and no one has ever confirmed the origins of these spirits, and like I said, there was never a tragic event reported. Um, and what was actually fun was after, years after my, my spooky experience I'm about to share happened, we actually worked a wedding, a mm-hmm. like spooky goth wedding. In it was October. like October first, or it was. I swear, it's like October thirteenth, a Friday thirteenth mm-hmm. wedding. They literally had like bats, like they yeah. had like they it had, was really cool. And she had like a royal blue dress, and they mm-hmm. had black pumpkins everywhere. I mean, it was one it was of those really where it was it was, it was a really cool wedding. Yeah. Um, one I wish I could have attended and not just worked. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like, I wish I could have seen the pictures from that. Wait, didn't Maya shoot it? No. No. But no, we'll never see the photos. Yeah. We'll never know. Again, in this industry, you work and you just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but time for yeah, what, so what, what happened. What did you hear? The phantom footstep? Or, the, yeah, let's hear your experience. So um, when this, keep in mind, when I did the shoot, I didn't, I mean, I just barely looked up this history. So yeah, I had no know idea of this. any of it. Had, what, going into it, though, had any of the crew been like, oh, did like, ooh, yeah, like had anyone so, set a vibe? Or was it just a blindsided thing there was we had a very small crew we just had um two camera guys and the actor Mm -hmm. um 
aka Beethoven's ghost, and uh, me. And so we got there, and oh, also backstory that's important is one of my good friends at the time lived in an apartment building right next door to McEwen Mansion. And I used to stay with her all the time. We were, you know, best friends. And we um, always talked about we should go do a tour at McEwen Mansion. Like what, you know, what is in there? It looks like it's beautiful. But to do tours, you have to have like a certain number of people and a certain day. Mm -hmm. And it was expensive. And so when I got to shoot here, I thought, oh, this is perfect. Like I can actually film the tour for my friend and you know, see the place for free and not be with an annoying tour guide and it will be great. So, um, the camera guys were setting up and said, Hey, go explore if you want to. So perfect. So, um, I pulled out my phone, which also keep in mind was a brand new, um, Apple phone. I think it was maybe the six at the time or maybe even the four, but either way, it was a new phone. It wasn't crisp. Yeah. And, um, so I started filming, on the first floor, which is kind of more like a gathering room, a smaller ballroom. And I'm, you know, doing this tour for my friend, essentially. So yeah. I'm telling her about it and what I'm seeing and talking. And um, I go up the stairs to the second floor. Mm-hmm. And I walk inside what seemed like the... Um, well, and I want to say maybe the film crew actually told me like a little bit of... Just like a brief of like the family's quarters were on the second floor and the third floor mm-hmm. is this. So I kind of okay. knew what it was walking into it. So I walked into what was like the father's or husband's den, um, walking into that room and I'm filming talking and I say just out of the blue, all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, Oh my gosh, I feel something really weird here. Um, Ew, I and I'm still walking through filming and I'm like bringing myself back to here and I'm totally getting chills. And, um, continue walking and then there's like a big washroom that I walk into um like shower bathroom area and say the same thing I'm like whoa actually that feeling just got even stronger like this is really weird in here but it's fine and then continue walking and of course I'm filming every detail right because I'm showing this video to my friends so it's not like I'm not walking through the rooms I'm walking like corner to corner and then I go to walk into what was kind of like the mother's wife's room and don't I feel fine about that. And then um, the housekeeper that stays there, kind of like the manager, walked into the room. And I immediately clicked my phone, the video off, and like put my phone down because I didn't know if there was rules about filming or photo yeah. taking. And I was there for work and so um, I just kind of played dumb. Chatted with him for a little bit and then... Um, went upstairs to the continued filming after mm-hmm. we chatted, went upstairs to the third floor, which is like the grand ballroom. It's gorgeous. Didn't feel anything in there. Um, you know, took the video for my friend, whatever. The whole videos yeah. probably was like maybe three minutes total okay. or four minutes. So, um, went downstairs, we filmed our piece. I told the camera guys, oh, these, you know, these rooms felt weird, yeah. but whatever. And they kind of, you know, we just laughed about it and moved on. Yeah. Anyways, that evening, I went to my friend's house that lives right next to McKinney Mansion. And um, I said, I got, you know, I got this video for you. Let's watch it. And so she's getting ready, and I just start watching it by myself. And I realized that when I said, the minute I said, oh, I feel something weird, 
literally the video smears so it freezes what? yeah like the video screen freezes at the the whatever image it was at but you still hear my heels walking on the wood floor and you still hear me talking no but you don't visually see what i'm talking about so it smears it stays it does it go black or it just stays this like smeared no, it image stays smeared <gasps> ew it was so creepy and then you hear me walking and then it kind of goes out of the smear yeah Back into normal where you can see the video. And then as I walk into the washroom, same thing. Smears. Are you serious? You can hear me walking and talking. And then goes into the mother's rooms, goes back to normal. And I thought, I like, first watch, I was like, this is weird. Like I said, I had a new phone. I was like, this has to be a glitch. Yeah. Like, this is, okay, but this is an Apple problem. It's one thing if it happened once, but they, it went back to normal and then did it again. And that- it did it both times that I said, I'm feeling something weird. And... I mean, side note to listeners as well, I've always been, um, even as a child, been told that I'm a very intuitive individual, and um, I would say, like, I feel very, you know, deeply connected to ones that I'm around, and I'm very Mm -hmm. empathetic, and I can feel things. Just, like, the surroundings, the vibes. Yeah, Yeah, like, I'm just a very, I guess, um, I mean, HSP, like, hypersensitive person, it's a real thing. Yeah. So... Anyways, I um, then showed my girlfriend and was like, oh my gosh, look at this. Almost hoping that maybe it was just the phone glitch and it wouldn't do it again. Yeah, and that she no, would laugh it off too. It did, yeah. And we both were like, this is really weird. Like, this is weird. And just how much creepier it is, the fact that I'm in a high-rise apartment right next to the mansion as this is going on. And I'm looking down into that building I was just in. And... So, um, you know, whatever the night goes on and we went out that night and, um, you know, went to dinner, had a good time. And then we came back to her house. I was sleeping over at her house and, um, the, I mean, I will never forget my, my amount of, or I should say lack of sleep that night. I literally laid there in probably a pool of sweat. I was so terrified and the way I can describe it was it almost felt like whatever feeling that I felt walking into those rooms, like, never left. left. And, oh, this too. So when I watched the videos with my friend before we went to dinner, I called the film crew and said, remember how I told you guys that I felt something weird in there? Um, you know, this this is what happened on the video. Well, this particular film crew used to actually work with a guy who was a ghost hunter and like had a white noise, one of those like white noise machines or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, you that. probably know. Yeah. I'm like, I stay away from this. So I don't know what these are called, but, um, so they were like very confident. They were like, Oh, well, yeah. Like kind of teasing me saying, um, Oh, you have like white noise now on your phone. And, um, cause I guess white noise is what is white noise specifically, Abby? I mean, you know, like when they say that, what is that? I think white noise is more of, like, a general thing. It's just a general... That's what... Right? Yeah. It's just a general, yeah. like, spooky... Yeah. But but no, also, it's like you turn on a fan to have white noise so you can sleep. True. You know what I mean? But I in that it's, context, but it's, it's, it's more the like... Context, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so... <laughs> can you hear that in the headphones? Yeah. <laughs> it's here with us. <laughs> um, and so... So, yeah, with that side note, they had told me that. And I'm laying there in bed, and I am just, like... Again, I can't describe to you the amount of fear of just being within my own body. I mean, it was like... like heavy or like... I mean, oh yeah, it was like heavy. It was like 
I couldn't speak. I couldn't, it felt hard to breathe. It felt, I mean, like I said, I was so sweaty. Yeah. And, um, and my friends just like sleeping, like sound asleep next Pass to me, out. like no big deal. And it was like, I kept trying, you know, I kept trying to like, okay, think of, and like I said, I'm a very intuitive person. I'm a spiritual person. So I kept thinking, okay, all to my yoga things and all to what I normally go to when I'm in a terrified state. Yeah. Nothing even like lessen the fear. It just made it worse. And so in the middle of the night, probably four in the morning, I finally woke up my friend and I said, will you come to the bathroom with me? Like just woke her up. Will you come to the bathroom with me? And she looked at, you know, at first kind of confused, like, excuse me, I'm sleeping here. And then she looked at me and she said, oh my gosh, are you scared? And I said, yes, come to the bathroom with me. Mm-hmm. So she walked up with me and I really, I think just wanted to go somewhere that was that was different than the bedroom, different than a giant window facing the mansion. And I turned on the light and I said, I need you to be here with me while I delete these videos. She was like, what? She's like, is this about the mansion? I'm like, yes. Like this feeling has not left me. And I believe it's stuck in this phone. And I am like carrying this around with me. And I am basically accepting it. Like I'm allowing, I'm believing in this, whatever this is by keeping this on my phone that if I delete it, I'm like not welcoming it into my yeah. life. If yeah. I keep it on my phone, I'm allowing it in my life. Yeah. And so I deleted it and I kid you not, I went to sleep immediately. Are you serious? Like went Was back it kind of like bed. a weight off your shoulders? Oh yeah. And I think even, I mean, at the very least, even if that is like a placebo effect, it, but I really don't think it, I really don't think it was because I can't make up those those screen blurs and I can't make oh. up that they happen in the exact same time when I said what I did. And also I wonder too, this just came to mind actually, the fact that this mansion has no record mm-hmm. of anything tragic happening and no record of really anything besides people just saying that they see things. Yeah. I wonder if I have like by me having that and owning that, it would have been proof. Yeah. That something in that house isn't right. Yeah. So with that story, with my spooky story, and trying to make the correlation of, like, you know, what happened, it's like, there isn't information on this, and there were so many different owners of this mansion. And um, back then, they didn't have computers where you can just store information. I mean, information can be lost if something is burned down. I mean, so many different ways that I just don't think there's a way to know... Well, and you just hear so many stories from back then, like, in the true crime world, too, like, all these serial killers, you know, all this stuff, and it's just, like, privacy, like, people didn't know what each other was doing in their houses, Mm -hmm. like, they actually had privacy, and I think, like, this day and age with social media and phones, and it's like, oh, that person was just at Disneyland, Mm -hmm. you know, because you see it on their Instagram, you know, but back then, it's like, you hear of these horrific cases, and it's like, no one knew, though. Because you just, you did your own thing. You didn't step on other people's toes. So it's like, pass through these three things. And like, the fact that one of the apparitions is a little girl. And it was like, there was a dance school. There was a music school. Like, it's just very interesting to kind of know what would have like slipped beneath the cracks. Yeah. What would have actually happened there to make make the mansion what it is today. I mean, or it literally could be the land, because I think land can be haunted, too, you know? Like, yeah. it could have been something that was built there 100 years ago, and... Yeah. Yeah. So... so. <gasps> what a crazy story! Though. Thanks for sharing, and I do like how you wrapped it up 
you know, you didn't, like, it would be cool to have that video now, but that you, you did let go of that. Like, I think it is important at the end of the day, even though, even I love this stuff, I think it's like, don't let it consume you because what you put your energy into, it can fester and it can, I don't know, like, even on Ghost Advent, the Ghost Adventures about the Fear Factory, one of the guys there, um, who was working there was, like, a Satan worshiper, and he, like, got a job there and was, like, excited. He, like, literally got this acting job there because he wanted to, like, mess around in there and try, and it just, like, festered into this huge thing, and I think there's just something to be said about with everything in life, like, where you put yourself, it can, so, like, just be aware, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it Absolutely. doesn't mean it's bad. Like, obviously, I love this stuff, but don't let it take over your life. Yeah, take it take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. And I think, too, um, I'm glad that I didn't... It was one of those things where, for that one evening, it was, like, the coolest story mm-hmm. I had, and I had proof to share it. Yeah. But being able to, like, <laughs> these days, everything's about proving that I was here and taking a photo and a video that I was doing this and this happened... And just to say, you know, I don't care who yeah. thinks I'm lying or who Why? believes me or who doesn't find it as spooky because they can't see the, you know, yeah. and hear the glitches for themselves. Ooh. It's like... I mean, with iPhones and stuff, that video would have been lost anyways along the way. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, I don't, I don't have the videos from my phone in 2013. Yeah, so. no. Well, that was an awesome story. And I also loved your product review. I'm excited to go pick up that moisturizer. Yes. And I do want to check out a pot... Apotheca? Apotheca. Apotheca. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today and thank you, Miss so Ruby. Welcome. Oh, she thank just curled you for up having me. Now. Yes, go check out Little Miss Ruby. <laughs> well, thank you guys. And again, you can find all of the product information and maybe some pictures and some stories on our social media. So go check out Makeup Masking and Murder on Instagram. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bye. This episode of Makeup, Masking, and Murder is written and brought to you by me, Abby Hill, with special thanks to our amazing production manager, Brad Newfeld. Our theme song and music is written by David Evanhoff, owner of David Evanhoff Sound Designs. Vocals by the amazing Emily Starr and David Evanhoff. Thank you to everyone who's made this possible, and we will see you guys next week.